It's a very complex. I have to light six candles, do a circle of salt, and then I can <laughs> run it. Com. <laughs> slow it down slightly so she sounds like the devil. Right. Uh, Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Unsung Art Podcast. We are kicking off a new series today. We are chatting um, to an artist and we're doing a meet the artist type of episode. So we're going to be delving into the background of the artist. We're going to be chatting to him or her about the work and trying to find out what makes them tick. So as usual, you're speaking with Warren. Warren is sitting here chatting to you right now. Next to me, my lovely co-host as always. Hello, I'm Inga. I'm here on this chilly evening. Yeah, again, and, another chilly evening. <laughs> and today we have the pleasure of chatting to Fani Bass. Fani, how are you? Hello, everyone. Hi, <laughs> hi. I'm, I'm ever so slightly hungover on this Sunday evening, but otherwise Fun. I'm great. Happy to be here. Happy to be nominated. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate your time. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited to do this. Excited to um, build my cult of personality. Nice. Mm. Sounds good. You look very comfortable, though. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimono <laughs> on. I've got a check blanket over my knees. I look like a mad old woman. <laughs> Just missing the cats here. <laughs> yeah, no, they're in the other room. They keep pissing in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no good. No. That's definitely no yeah. good. Exactly. <laughs> so just to start us off, um, Fani, how long have you been doing art and how did this whole um, art career start for you? Well, um, both my parents uh, were ceramicists. My mother's a, a teacher now, but she, through most of my early life, she was a ceramicist making sculptural pieces. So art has always been a big part of my life as a child, I was actually thinking about this today, thinking of sort of the first time I felt I made a piece of art was when I was about five and I made a drawing of everybody's feet in the sitting room, which I quite enjoyed, which, which felt for me very much like I'd made a completed work. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a piece, a piece yeah. to be proud of. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> But yeah, so, but professionally, I've been practicing, I think I was, I did, we did a whole bunch of group shows when I was in art school in about 2013, 2014. Mm. So I've been practicing, I think, on a professional basis for six years. Nice. Since second year, yeah. Nice. And is it full time? Just the only thing you do or you've got the, the old day job that you're grinding at still? Uh, I've got like seven jobs. Oh, that's a Cape Town thing, I think. That's what I've learned. No, no, no. No, it's because the rent's so ridiculous here. Um, I teach art uh, to grade seven, eight, and nine. Nice. Three days a week. I I work at an art store on Saturdays, and then the rest of the week, every waking hour is at the easel making the old painting. Nice. And yeah. are you enjoying the teaching? I mean, I know it's, it's, it's quite hectic. I mean, I've, I've been in that high school situation and you sort of see how kids start um, coming of age, particularly those particular ages are, are, can be quite tricky. Yeah. Are you enjoying that? I'm very lucky. I get them whilst they're just before they become like self-conscious and realize mm. that they're a person. So you get a really raw sense of creativity from them before they sort of, 
start comparing themselves to other things or Pinterest or whatever. It's a really great touchstone for my practice to be able to flit between those two different modes of creativity, okay. which is wonderful because they're yeah. just so literal and unfiltered, which is something I try to do in my work as well. Nice. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's like they haven't lost that kid touch, you know, that playing and that sort of sense of humor of yes, I mean, yes, it's that very, sense of exploring. Very... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And how is it now? Are you back at school or what's this what's the deal? I know they back backflipped and turned around and that so many times. My brother's a teacher, my brother and his fiance. Yeah. And uh, it's just oh such God. an yeah, it's such an mm. annoyance for them because he was back at school, but he had to teach to some of the kids in the class and still had a webcam on him because some of them didn't want to come to school. Yeah, so, so now it's like, like seven this... in the class were working from yeah, home. It's so weird. So he's got to be able to do online and so weird in front at the same time. It's just like, it's... it can't be, it can't be worth it. Sure. No. Yeah. No, we have to do the same thing at our school. Um, it's like hosting a breakfast TV show every lesson. Yeah. It's, I'm all over the place. I have to speak to the kids at home. Oh, no. And also with art, you've got to prepare their materials and mm. try and make lessons that are manageable for people who who can't afford actually to go out or don't have the time or the know-how yeah. to buy 500, 600 rands worth of art materials that usually yeah. comes from the school. Yeah. yeah. And keep it sanitized and keep it clean and all that mm. other stuff too. Oh, my gosh. I just... I just spray like an aura of hands. <laughs> I, I like the mechanism a lot more than I should, I think. Yeah. It's like when you fly back into the country and they walk with those little aerosol <laughs> things down yeah, the aisles is... and they just kind of like mist everything with this sanitizer. Or yeah, something. yeah, that's totally, that's my look. Full <laughs> Emirates stewardess. <laughs> I've got it. Nice. So are you making up little packs for them and they come and collect those? Yes, it's okay. it's the bane of my existence that they get a little paper bag with all their lino tools or whatever in. Nice. Um, yeah. And it has been going quite smoothly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's all right. That's good. Yeah, I know. I, I teach part-time at, at Ruth Prouse and I've had a couple of students because we've had to go um, online for, for my subject in particular. And my first years are only doing um, drawing and design at the moment and they'll only do their other practical when they get back to college. But it's, it's been a nightmare because you suddenly realize how much you actually talk with your hands and how mm. much you actually express sort of the design of something with like movement and things. And I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, how do I explain this now? And, <laughs> and um, had a, a beautiful couple of glitches where I've had students message me and go, my phone is broken. I cannot be in the WhatsApp call this morning. And I'm like, oh, my word. <laughs> so I'm going to send them a voice note later and hope I remember everything we discussed. And it's like, oh, Jeez, yo, no. that's, that's the annoying part, I think. I'm getting so over it. <laughs> so over it. <laughs> <laughs> but better safe than sorry. I'm much, exactly. I'm much more into having healthy, happy kids than fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This old, uh, this old COVID, I think, has thrown everyone uh, a little bit of a curveball. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I try and keep it out of mind. I actually can't. I mean, there's a very important part of creativity. I think is is just being upbeat and. Mm. I really, I just, I can't, I inform myself as much as I need to for like day-to-day -day life. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise I'm not going, there was a point where I'd go into that like virus tracker, tracker things four times a day. And oh yeah. Oh, we did that. It does make we you mad, eh? It does really make you mad. And you kind of work yourself up. Yeah. It's weird. 
and we're quite, yeah, we're quite okay. newsy people. So we always sort of get a couple of different news channels going in the morning and check in on our news and, and latest affairs. But like with these last couple of weeks, I'm just like, I, I can't be asked. I'm like, I, I can't. Cause the minute you switch it on, yeah. it's like COVID this, COVID that, COVID. I'm like, oh, I just cannot, I, I get angry when I just hear that word now. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to know. I, tell me something else about a flood yeah, somewhere. Don't like, tell me about this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like like a new serial killer. Let's just mix it up. <laughs> Could we please? <laughs> yeah, there, there was a comedian I was listening to. I think it was Bill Burr. And he was also saying, like, he just switches on the news every now and then. He's like, mask, no mask, mask, no mask. Where are we at? Let's, let's see what's happening. I just need to know. <laughs> I, I need to leave the house. Like, <laughs> I don't care about anything else. Just tell me if I need to wear something on my face or not. That's you it. kind of want to go, can someone please release a new sex tape so that we have something to talk about? Yes. Like, really? yes. In my vision, I want to see a little bit of petty theft as well. <laughs> yeah. Petty theft. Well, there's a big theft going on around here. But anyway, oh. we'll not get into yeah, politics. Oh, <laughs> we'll not get into politics. All right, so moving back yes, onto our up. art chat. So um, obviously you, you spoke about um, having done your first piece of art piece at home and um, of your family's sort of feet as they as they sat on the couch. Is, is that sort of, because I feel like your work is so nostalgic in a way and it has a lot of themes that sort of hark back to, to a sense of family and a sense of togetherness and, and nostalgia. Is that sort of where it comes from? Do you, do you feel like you've sort of, moved with with a sense of nostalgia and family through your work i think a lot of times what i'm looking for is um nostalgia for something i haven't had it's more i think for me it's more of a yearning i didn't mm. i mean i didn't grow up as a young royal or whatever but um <laughs> i quite like the the way images and painting function to create myths and ideas of especially personal things such as family dynamics which is yeah. something I explore a lot um so I think drawing and art in my childhood was always more of a, a an escapism and that sort of manifests in my art these days trying to to capture a space holistically mm. in in more senses than just visual by using a visual medium, mm, by going mm. into that process of forgetting about what's happening around one and just immersing into creating this fantasy around, um, you know, a person, an object, a place, a time. Mm, mm. Because I, I, I love how some of your pieces have very much sort of, um, they have that feel of, of looking like an old family um, snapshot of a particular mm. time or someone's birthday or um, you did a series with uh, 99 on loop um, to do with, with uh, Christmas yeah, and Christmas portraits and Christmas family shots. Mm. And they just have this lovely sense of just family and togetherness and everybody can relate because at some point they've got these photos in albums at home of just random family scenes, which I, I just think are so special. Um, and then you've got a whole bunch of other works where you've, where you've done sort of some celebrities. There's yeah, I was going to say, there's lots of the pop stuff as well, the pop culture, pop the pop culture. reference. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because obviously that's a little bit different. Well, a lot of that also is, in a way, the idea of, of the blurring between public and private and how those images function. Um, a very... Um, formative idea for me has been, um, I remember watching an Andy Warhol 
documentary, a really good one. I can't mm. remember who did it, but it was, it was a bit obscure. And he said all of his commissions, all of his portraits of famous people were done the exactly set. You, he'll do whatever he, you want him to, but he does it the exact same size. And then mm. at some point he wanted to do an exhibition of all his commissions and call it a portrait of society. Okay, but they're well. all exactly the same size. So um, I think the celebrity thing is quite interesting for me. I used to be quite into finding paparazzi shots. I mm. love those because they were so um, nicely composed, but also um, very unexpected and out, mm, yeah. out of the ordinary. I like having a tongue-in-cheek element almost... to think. It's almost that invasion also that, uh, as you say, yeah, between yeah. the public and the yeah. private, it's almost that sort and of... And they're not always glamorous yeah, as well, which yeah. I think is, is quite interesting. Yeah, they can really... catch you on an off moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I want to do... I actually, I, I need to put this in my diary. I need to do one of the, uh, Sarah Ferguson sucking toes. That, that picture I want to yes. do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what? Sarah Ferguson sucking Sarah toes. Ferguson. Yes. Yeah, she was um, caught in the early 90s sucking her financial advisor's toes in Malta or some... Yeah, it will, of course, be a place like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's absolutely... It's very glamorous for toe sucking. <laughs> it is. It really, really is. There. Right. So Warren's just seen the visual. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, yeah, like you say, it's it's that slight public private, but yeah, that's interesting. I never, I mean, I didn't even know this. Well, you, yeah. yeah, Sarah yeah. Ferguson is fast becoming my favorite royal. She and mm. her children just look unashamedly insane all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time, twenty four seven. There's a story where Eugenie, it was Princess Eugenie, and um. Who's the red-haired guy I don't like who sings? Ed Sheeran and oh, right. someone else at a castle at a party. And she was play-play knighting someone with a sword they found in front of her. So they were kneeling and she okay, was yes, yes, yes. the shoulders. And Ed Sheeran was behind her and she swung the sword back and cut him on his face. And he had <laughs> no, really? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love That's that part. No, that, that part of the royal family is always the fun bit. I, I, I can't even remember which wedding it was, but I don't even remember because all I can think of is Beatrice and Eugenie's hats that day. And I think it's the Point only thing that anyone <laughs> spoke yeah. about. That they had these like reindeer horns on their head. It's like, what are you thinking? They had the largest and most obscure hats in oh, existence. No. I think the only royal I know is Meghan. Because I really like Megan. I have a soft Megan. spot for Megan. I don't oh, know why. Is really great. I think she's, she's. I think she's beautiful. I like she's it. She's got a lot of integrity, which isn't great for me. Mm. I'm not into like a really wonderful <laughs> person. I like it when I get a bit frazzled. So. Oh right, okay. Unfortunately, borderline <laughs> coming off the rails. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's just too good. She's a nice person. She's sane. She's connected. <laughs> Collected. We need, I, I we need a little bit more Margaret in our lives to keep it spicy. Oh yes, <laughs> totally. Oh my God, how good is Helena Bonham Carter in the crowd? 
amazing. I mean, she was the best role, the best person for that role. I mean, she's a good actress. I like it. There was this, um, a meme that went around years ago that I ended up sharing left, right, and center because it said, "In in a world of Kardashians, be the Helen Bonham Carter." And I'm like, that, "She's my spirit animal, hundred percent." It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, totally. Split ends, mm. uh, weird and very relatable to me. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it looks like she's always coming off a nine-cup coffee binge. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Oh, no. So, I mean, well, we've, we've spoken now about your art and, and the kind of way that we see it, but how, how would you describe your own work, Fanny? Or how would you, what would you say about your own work? What I aim to do with my own work, I want people to walk in and and see oh this is a really gifted amateur who's done this <laughs> um i think i know this this is very contentious but something that's really influenced my painting style is reading the um there was a review of george bush's paintings in art art um what's the big art magazine the very good one arts Art Forum, Art Forum. There was a review of his oh, yeah. paintings at Art Forum, and they said that it obviously has a very schooled look, and that he's got a professional who comes in yeah. and like tweaks up his paintings. But I just love that totally insane, unfiltered, slightly wonky Maltese poodle painting look <laughs> that he does, yeah. and that everything sort of. A, a small and a confusing piece of a greater narrative that we will never hope to understand. And that's sort of what I want. I want people to be confused and astounded, but delighted when they see my work. That's what I aim for. Oh, I love it. I love it. Are you talking about George W. Bush? Yeah, I want to see oh, this. Oh my goodness. I've actually never seen his paintings. No. Look at his one of Putin. Jeez. Has he, look at the one of him in the shower. What? There's is it one a in the shower. What? This is going to be, oh my gosh. This a is shower self-portrait. Yes, yes. That's... George W. Bush. Who's that? Is that Arnold Swad? No. No. Look, he's <laughs> developed his style a lot. I actually really love this Putin. It's very much, do you know the work mm. of Alex Katz? Yes. It's very Alex Katz-y. I love it. I love it because it's, it's, it's bad, really but you. it's not bad, and it's... Oh, well, yeah, look. Oh, my word. <laughs> that is hysterical. The shower scene is the He's best. done a whole scene. He's looking look forward, he's bath, looking back. Look in the bath, nude self in the bath. <laughs> with just the feet. I love it. <laughs> I think you've opened up a whole new world. That's crazy. <laughs> when did he start painting? Um, he's always he's done it. After his presidency, I'm just sending you my favorite... On that topic of George Bush painting, my favorite, The Onion article, which reads, Oh, The Onion, okay. Bush debuts new paintings of dogs, friends, ghost of Iraqi child that follows him everywhere. And then <laughs> ghost of Iraqi child. But The Onion paintings. is the best. <laughs> oh, my word. Wait, that one is he? <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of... Oh my god. Oh there, okay, it's coming this window, let's see. I don't like now that they've gotten quite good. The picture oh, okay. of him with paintings of Maltese poodles is really my career goal. That's my like the secret vision board. You know when they tell you to write out a check for a million dollars to yourself? Right. Yeah. I just have 
that picture of George W. Bush with Maltese poodle paintings. Oh, oh my gosh, it's hysterical. <laughs> oh, that is the best. Um, so, around all this topic, um, is there a specific thing that inspires you to create art, or is there a specific thing that you do, or do you have like a ritual, or how does it work for you? Does it, do you um, just wake up and paint, or do you just try and use all your time? It's a very complex, I have to light six candles, do a circle of salt, and then I <laughs> and run it. Family.com. <laughs> slow it down slightly so she sounds like the devil. Right. Um, Play it backwards. <laughs> no, to be honest, um, in all of these part-time jobs, I spend most of the time, I've got very special websites I won't disclose to anybody because otherwise my career will be ruined <laughs> where are just archives of found photographs and photographs from auctions and all sorts oh, wow, of things okay. and I have a folder on my desktop called cool shit two number two paint number two. Oh, and nice. everything ah. just goes in there and from that I sort of sift out and I try and create a narrative I think a lot of the time Something that's clicked when I did my first Diana paintings is everybody came up to me and told me not about that picture, but about how that picture punctuates a very specific time mm. in their lives. My friend Lucy's yes. mom actually was the best because she could go to every Diana photo and tell me where she was in her life, what she was doing when that picture came out. Yeah. Um, she is Lucy's mom, Kathy, love you, is the <laughs> ultimate fan next to me. She's amazing. I, every time I speak to her, it's a gift. But yeah, so it's that, that with the picnic or the Christmas picture or whatever, it's using something that totally has nothing to do with someone and try and mm. somehow make it something that punctuates their life or, mm. or make it a way for them to make meaning out of it. Okay. Fantastic. That's cool. And, and do you find that you've got specific artists that you look at in, uh, for influence or, or um, whose work in, really inspires you, besides George Bush? Of besides course. George Bush. <laughs> besides George Bush. Um, I well, really like uh, Callan Grisha. He's, yeah. um, he's really cool. He does lots of nice, I like his car paintings. I think his cars are my princess dies. Um, Regina Gatrix, of course, she is an internal inspiration to South African painting. Mm. Ian Gross. Um, I like a Polish artist called Alexandra Waliszewska. I've actually got a tattoo of her work and she does lots of work based on, so you can't see oh, it, awesome. for those of you at home, it's a picture of a pretty girl in like 1940s dress, but her yeah. head's turned around. The other way around, yes like in The Exorcist. <laughs> and she does a lot of work based on um, early Renaissance art and that sort of beginning of figuration without conventional three-point perspective, which I find very interesting as well. Of course, Alex Katz, huge. Um, Nan Golden is someone I love, photog photographic photographer. Mm -hmm. David Goldblatt, also always amazing. Um, so a lot of, I do like going to a lot of photographers as well, because I think mm. my work and my style of working is very closely tied to photography and cinema mm. and a photographic and cinematic way of seeing and, and composing mm. um, images. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, because all of your, all of your works sort of start almost, almost as photographs, um, as your source material and working from there. Um, so yeah, it definitely has a, a, a huge 
um, relation to, to photography in general. And, and do you find, because, I mean, you use a lot of color in your works and sometimes color that is not sensical to, um, to the piece. So, it, for example, if, if you're um, painting a person, that perhaps the person is not always pinks and blues, and, but you use very sort of strong um, blocks of color. Um, do you find that, that, that you have a particular relationship with color that you'd like to work with or...? Um... I think color is very interesting. A lot of my stuff when I look at how I use color and how I make my palette is I think of the impressionists who were the first people to use a photographic way yes. of seeing because photographs brought to people the first time you could capture a moment, a very short period of time, which is why their works were often plays of light and interesting colors and things mm. that um, stop very quickly. Um, and I think often about there's a piece by Monet, two of his paintings of his garden at Giverny, and he has a cataract, a slightly yellow cataract, and it totally changes how those paintings look. So you see the paintings all get slightly yellow. Mm. He has his cataract operation and then they all go back to blue again. So um, I keep uh, in mind a very formal understanding of colour and how colour pairings work. A lot of my works most successfully either are one colour with its mm -hmm. complement or just pink. I love, under all of my paintings, I paint a layer of, um, I get very cheap neon acrylic paint and I mix it with gesso and that just pushes everything up and makes it really sumptuous. Mm -hmm. um, I remember yeah, the raccoon. So the raccoon yes, had a pink had, background, a, I remember that. An entirely pink raccoon, I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. I still remember opening or looking at that one going, why is it pink? Why is it pink in the back? I don't understand. <laughs> and then you put it far away and it made sense. Yes, no, it does, it does, it does. I love that raccoon, actually. <laughs> but I see that you're exploring a lot with, with colour at the moment because you've done... I'm assuming some kind of lockdown um, oh, yeah, the, the drawing drawings, challenge yeah. or because you've started with some uh, pencil pieces, which is not very like you um, to put out there and then moved into pastel and, and the use of color in pastel. So did that start out as just like a challenge for yourself or changing mediums or? I, when lockdown happened, I need, I need to do a thousand things at the time or I get very depressed. So that oh, was right. the initial impetus for the pencil drawing and also because I really hate drawing. I don't <laughs> find it fun. I prefer colour. Mm. Um, and so that morphed into my pastel drawing project. I think I did in the end 35 pastel portraits for yeah. a minimum 100 grand donation to an organisation helping um, relieve the numerous effects of COVID-19 on mm. South Africa. So I, I don't like to be too prescriptive or too pat, self-pat on backy about any work I do mm. in solidarity with organizations. Um, and that became really nice. To be honest with the pastels, I was trying to copy Marilee Southwood because her work, mm. we share a studio and she also works very in pasto and she has the most amazing sense for the materiality of paint and it really is wonderful to to see someone else work in a similar way to me but also mm -hmm. in a totally different way and she um i think she posted a pastel drawing and then i tried to do pastel drawing and developed my own 
way of doing it. It's a lot more minimal than I'm used to working. And it's nice also mm. because I can't mix colors. I have to use the relationships between those colors and the yes. temperature of those colors to create what I'd usually do mixing oil paints. Yes, yes, no, definitely. I mean, they're quite fun to look at and they, you really have used a lot of beautiful, bold colors. And again, playing to, to the complementary colors um, within a piece. And just for those who, who don't know, so each color has a particular complement that, that helps really highlight it. So um, it, it, if you can help me out here, Fani, just to describe that to people. So green, for example, is, is the complement, I think, of... Oh, there's that color wheel thing, yes. isn't there? Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, it's complements are the ones opposite each other yes, on the color yes, wheel. that's right. It's green and red. Blue and orange and purple and yellow, violet yes. and yellow, and you know, there's different striations yeah, of those yeah. pairings, yeah. but that's that's how it works. And when then the theory is there's someone, um, Joseph Albers, if you want to go and look that up, he did a whole bunch of experiments explaining how colors work to students, where he'd put an orange square of paper in two different shades of blue, and it would change what that orange looked like totally. So it's all about because of the way color works in that blue paint is actually absorbing every other frequency of light besides blue, which is why you see blue. And the way the light works being a particle and a wave blurs it a bit with these complementary pairings, which creates more intense reactions in the human eye, which is, is something I find fascinating. Um, as, as um, you know, a technical aspect of my craft. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, because yeah, all of my stuff was in black and white. So I'm like, crap! I did the color wheel in like first year. <laughs> I know what I know what they are, but I can't pinpoint them right now. <laughs> I've never done the color wheel. I just got a lesson on a Sunday evening. You, yeah. School oh. school is in no, session. But it's, it's so great. I mean, to me, it's like, because I worked mainly in black and white, it's, it's so nice to, to see people using color in such a successful way and mm. such a special way as well. Because yeah. I don't think people really realize how much they can use color to explain the shape of something without yes, adding yes. just black or just adding white to make something lighter mm. or darker. It's, it's using the complementary colors, warm colors and cool colors to create the shading. Yeah. It's really cool. I like I like what you've done. I mean, I don't know how you guys can do this kind of stuff, man. Like, it just blows my mind. It's insane. Neither do I. Every time it's, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of stand back and go, oh well, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no oh, George. It's no George Bush, but it'll do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, look, I think seeing as we're on sort of this topic of the, the lockdown and all this stuff, do you think it's going to change your work or do you look at it differently or are you approaching it differently or is there, is, has it affected you in any way? Um, I think it's affected everybody profoundly. It would be silly to say it hasn't. But yeah. um, as far as my work goes, I think a lot of my practice is looking at things in reflection so it'll I'll, I'll only really be able to process these emotions i think next year year after that and then mm. start thinking about it and looking at it holistically because right now it's just it's too fresh to actually make a statement or to process on otherwise it's going to be like this very heavy-handed gesture a thousand paintings of like birds and cages or whatever <laughs> <Yeah. gas bars>. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, you, you, you interpretation, which I don't like doing. Yeah, you're going to wait for the ripple effect and mm. kind of pick up on that. Because, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's going to take a while. Yeah. yeah, it's going to take a while for all of it to sort of settle the dust. It's going to, yeah, mm. it's going to be a thing. So have you got any, any did you have any plans for exhibitions before, before the lockdown happened or? Yeah, I actually, um, I've been part of a really exciting project with um, the Spear Arts Foundation and Nando's called the Creative Exchange, which was going to happen in August. I think at the moment we're working towards November date at the Basha Uhuru Festival and at the ABA where myself and three other artists are being sponsored by Nando's to create a body of work um, for this, this festival. We've got a really great open brief. We're being um, mentored by Hanukkah Bernardi, um, oh, really great portrait painter, really lovely person to bounce stuff off. Um, unfortunately, the, the whole point of the project involves a lot more studio visits and a lot more face-to-face -face work, which I'm really sad about not being able to do because it's we're a really great group of people and we haven't really had the chance to socialize properly and, and, and really investigate how we make work, yeah. which is really important for artists and really important for initiatives like um, the Spear Arts Foundation, which does Creative Block, mm. um, where it's, they force artists to get together and see each other and we lay out all of our work and it gets curated by a professional. Oh, and more important than the professional feedback we get from them, it's being able to see what everybody else has done in the past month yeah. and how they've made it and talk to them and notice and steal with your eyes a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah so that's been my biggest project, but otherwise um, loads of group shows. I've been doing some great work, really enjoying my relationship with the gallery in Droberg. Um, and I was just in their last show curated by Chloe Reed and uh, Nahiban Mohammed. Uh, uh, proxies it was called proxies and they just the brief was one word flowers and we could do what we wanted with it mm, nice. and i did um portraits of sprinklers in from flicker all about trying to describe what george looks like at four o'clock in the afternoon to people oh, lovely. <laughs> um, yeah I've got two major projects i just take it as it comes I'm planning to actually, I've got a whole bunch of fake clay food left over from my Christmas exhibition. So I'm going to start setting it up in weird places around Cape Town and sending people on treasure hunts to see if they can find it. Oh, oh fantastic. Nice. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Oh, what do they call those? Like a geocaching type thing? Yes, geocaching. yes. Much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed that, you start, that, that you've done quite a few ceramics. Is that sort of new to you obviously um having grown up with with your mom that you said um did ceramics yeah the ceramicists yeah well doing it badly like i do because these <laughs> I love these are very heavy and not functional at all but they do look great um mm. it's new to me my mom is a very consummate ceramic professional a very into foot rings and um temperatures i mean pottery is a very industrially intensive way of working and there's a lot of interesting stuff with um temperatures you're firing a kiln up to sometimes 1800 degrees you're yeah. dealing with wow. really toxic chemicals sometimes that you're melting to get great glazes like cadmium cadmium is very very toxic oh, yeah. right um, i would know because i slept in the room next to the kiln where we were using <laughs> cadmium. 
Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, Rabbits have been nice because I, I have a bit of a block with 3D work and being able to loosen up and not have to hinge the, the surprise of the work being on how figurative or how close to life it is and being able to create something looser but still hinging on a figurative uh, beginning is, is really great and a really great avenue that ceramics have, have allowed me to do. For my creative exchange, I've actually started making plates that I'm painting little royal figures on, which I've been really enjoying, that merging yes. of my two, my two interests. But I love your ceramics because they just, they are so quintessentially you. I mean, if you have a look at them next to your paintings, it's like, it's literally like your painting has thrown up on a ceramic and is <laughs> yeah, now throwing up a <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it is, like you say, it's non-functional because it's got that chunky aspect, which ceramics is not really supposed to have, but it's got that expressive chunky aspect and color and just fantastic as a piece by itself. I mean, it's really, really great to look at. But also create in a different space. Have, yeah. you, have you found it tricky to, to create um, at home? I know that obviously you were doing the um, the, the, the drawings. The drawings yeah. work was that more at home and and to sort of change it up completely. Um, how's it been sort of working from home? Um, it's really difficult because I like having a studio mm. because it's very important to separate your life from your work. Yeah, I'm fully on board with that. Yeah. In something yeah. like your own business, where it could just take over your whole life. Mm. Yeah. And you can't do that. That's not good for you. Not good for for your health mentally. I I go a little bit insane because I work too much. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it was really difficult because I need a very specific space to to create the mental state to create in. Mm. Um, God, I use create time so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was very difficult. I was very lucky and very blessed and do have a space to work safely because I can't, working with oil paints, I can't work in my bedroom. I, I would yeah. suffocate myself. People have had strokes from turpentine. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it wasn't great. I'm so happy and blessed to have access to my studio again. And it's really great. It's unfortunate because it is generally me alone in a room well ventilated from painting so um it was a bit bit strange but you know we move on we move yeah. on yeah i don't want to harp on the on the lockdown corona thing too much either because yeah. it's, a, <laughs> it's a frustrating topic to begin with i feel like it's becoming a bit like voldemort he that shall not be Jeez, dude. Yeah, or yes that, or that shakespeare one whatever that one was Macbeth. yeah that one Again. <laughs> well, you have to turn, go outside, turn around three times, come back in. Oh, that, that, was, yeah. that was the ruling. <laughs> so, um, finally, let's, let's uh, try and sort of steer back towards you and, and back on track of the conversation. Um, are you from Cape Town? I, I read somewhere that you're not. Um, no. So, I was actually born in Hansby, okay. which is a fishing village near Hermanus. Yes, um, okay. We lived on a farm outside there and we moved up the Southern Cape. So I've been in, I've lived in some of the most isolated Afrikaans communities. <laughs> I lived in Heidelberg, oh, which wow. is right. yes. behind that grain silo, 
Um, I've lived in Hansby, Beerbos, um, outside Hookville. We had a little farm there, which was lovely. Well, a small holding with a pottery on it. Nice. And then I spent my teen years at George before coming to Cape Town for varsity. So, oh, George, okay. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of time by myself <laughs> growing up. <laughs> yeah, we're from PE. We're not like Cape Town natives. So you actually started closer to Cape Town than we did. Yeah. A oh, lot, good, a, good. A, I a lot had a head start. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of a head start. So you you came to Cape Town to study study art, I assume. Yes, yes, I got. Um, thank you very much, NSFAS, for making my dreams come true. Oh yeah, you and the rest uh, of us. <laughs> yeah, so I went to. I actually wanted to do fashion, but I couldn't find um, a bursary for fashion. So I applied for arts just to get into a university, and I ended up being quite good at it, which was great. Which was I wasn't great at arts in high school. I wasn't a shining star winning the awards. Right. Um, my art teacher actually thought I was lying to him when I told him I got into Michaela's. <laughs> um, it's been great actually being in the real art world because I, I really didn't understand what the art world was like and what art could have been back in Georgia. I mean, I didn't even know we did Bed by Tracy Eamon in Matric and I didn't understand that it was literally her bed. I thought it was a sculpture of her bed. I didn't understand. We had like one black and white photocopy of it to try and understand this work and all of the things behind it. And consequently now, it's one, Tracy Eamon is one of my favorite artists in the world. She, I, her way of working is something that's inspired me a lot. Nice. So if you say that you wanted to go into fashion, then is it right for me to assume that art wasn't always the direction from that five-year-old drawing of the feet? Yeah, there were lots of drawings of princesses, and I, <laughs> I really wanted to make the princess dress. That was okay, I see, I see. for most of my my drive. But now I do sort of still make the princess dress, and and I think fashion photography and and fashion, the way fashion works and functions, especially in relation to pop culture. If you look at, at people like Machino or um, uh, Margiela or um, Hussein Chanelan, I can never pronounce his surname, but it's it's an interesting way of of creating and making a statement in in something that needs to be functional, something that needs to actually interact with someone's day to day life. And I think that's become one of my strengths as an artist is being able to make something that can relate and function and live and breathe in someone's life and and be part of their their um everyday existence you know their panties their filthy panties that's my art <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it i have noticed with your work that, that you sort of stick to particular sizes is there any reason for that um firstly i have a really short attention span so yeah. if it's bigger i'm going to get bored and not do it well yeah <laughs> not finish um, it <laughs> Secondly, I do think there's something nice about a really intimate little painting. I think with painting, with figurative oil painting, especially, there's always like the emphasis on the big Francis Bacon style, very masculine oil painting, which is not something I I want to do. I think the the jumbo format, like a lot of the works I've I've done for Unsung have been photograph size. And I think yeah. that can be quite a strength because it's a totally different way 
of relating to an oil painting especially mm. and it's it's really nice if I can also keep the energy really strong and fast in those works yeah and I find or yeah. do you find that perhaps it it um creates more of an interaction with the viewer that, that you are forced to go a bit closer to the work to really inspect it as opposed to sort of standing at a distance Absolutely. And also, I think a lot of my works do look better further away. So it does give the opportunity for that illusion of, yeah. of painting, of, of, of mm. um, technical proficiency to, to happen. And then people can work close and see that it's just yeah. quite a mess, which is nice. It's, it's a great way to interact with the work. Yeah, because your work is, um, it's quite expressive and obviously the brush strokes and everything, but you've got a, an almost a sense of pointillism in, in that sense because it, close, if you stand too close to the painting, you can't quite see what it is, but you've got to go further back for it to all make sense and to mould into to an image. Um, do you find that, that, that you have looked at any pointillism with that or has it just been more the expressionist? Um, I'm always quite influenced. Um, I got a whole bunch of, do you remember those, the great artist magazines? You, they would be, it would be one magazine on an artist and the back of the, um, Manet, I think, coming back to Manet one, they do like your most indicative technical aspect. And they always said slabs of color. And I really love that phrase. Mm. When you look at especially Manet's paintings of water and it's something I do in my paintings of water. Yeah. It's literally little slabs of one color and it's how they sit next to each other that creates that vibration. Yes. Um, want of a better term, mm -hmm. which I love. Yeah, I'm having to Google images on the side for one. <laughs> yeah, listen, you guys are talking way over my head. I am like, so many names coming at me, I'm going to have to Google and so many things I'm going to have to look at. It's crazy. I love it though. I love learning all these new things. Like for me, I I've tried to explain to someone before that like my favorite thing in the world is when I suddenly click that I don't know something and then suddenly this whole path just opens up and it's like, I don't know if you ever played the game Age of Empires and it's like a little torch just starts shining and like this black world, there's like one little spot becomes illuminated. And then you realize, oh wow, there's a whole thing I can go down and find and learn new things. Like that's my favorite thing. Um, so Fani, the one thing that I also, that I wanted to ask you about your work is your, your titles. Yeah. How do you, how, is there something in there that you're taking a jab at or is it just fun for you or? Revealed to me in a dream. Revealed to me in a dream. Um, they just happen. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Actually, the main inspiration is: um, Are either of you Fiona Apple fans? Mm, yes. So her album, The Idler Wheel. Mm. I did a really long title, and my friend Max, who is actually one of um, Max Tyson Law, one of my total touchstones artistically. They are just so. I love the way their mind works, said that it's like the idler wheel because the idler wheel, the actual title of the whole album is the idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do, which I think is lovely because it's just such a huge poetic mouthful and I yes. try to do that in a humorous way. And it really gives great insight into the story I'm trying to tell with just a very still image often. Mm. Yeah, because I, I often laugh that, that, that um, the, the length of your title is 
larger to write on paper than the actual pieces. And I'm like, I always <laughs> laugh at that. It's just, I love it because it just paints such a beautiful, excuse the pun, paints such a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful picture, picture of the piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really just connected so nice. It's become my hat trick, actually. It's, nice. it's really a great selling point for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems it's not only the titles that you like to write up. So I, I've seen that you've done some zines to go with some of your works or to be distributed at the exhibitions. I've also seen that you've done some textual works for T-shirts and mugs and stuff. So, yeah, there, there's more to this than just the titles. You obviously love writing. Because I think one of the, the ones that I enjoyed reading about was the guys in the white VW polos because it, it, it hits on my, my love for sort of weird stereotypes and subcultures mm. because I do love that. And just the way you write it is quite funny. Like, <laughs> so what, what's, what's the idea behind the zine? Is it just specifically to go with some of your work or is it something that you're doing on the side or pursuing as a, as a whole different thing? They're very random, uh, I must admit. They are just insanely random. I, become a, I would be a text artist. I love writing. I love the ability of writing. Unfortunately, um, I can't sell text art as easily as I can sell painting. <laughs> um, so when I get some time, I will. I actually had a great idea for a T-shirt the other day. Have you watched The Exorcist? Yes. Yeah. Way back. So the demon in The Exorcist is called Pazuzu, and I want a T-shirt that just says, Pazuzu says relax. I think that'll be great. <laughs> nice. Um, um, yeah, I think it all also comes from the idea of, of when I did those text works and when I did them in university, I was working very much uh, along the lines of postmodern theory and especially Roland Barthes' um, idea of the myth and the mythology. And that's sort of the public-private blurring idea of a generalized right. image comes from writing on mythologies and and using text and jokes and someone who was at art school with me Mitchell Gilbert Messner works much better with jokes and it was really nice to see that that art could be funny and art could be engaging through humor and through writing and through language and through jokes I just also love zines because I love Riot Girl I love um love Kathleen Hanna I love Bikini Kill I love um really obscure music cultures of the late 80s. Um, <laughs> really great documentary, if you want to pay 45 rand to do Vimeo Plus, is called uh, My Secrets. It's the story of Sarah Records, which is an independent label that started as a zine. Um, okay. And they used to just write letters with their record releases to go with people. Um, to go to people like you'd order a record and it would right. come with a letter from the people who runs the record company wow, about okay. their life. Wow. They're doing. I think zines are just a really underrated way of um, of of sharing things you love. I mean, mm. everybody's about blogging and about things being really sleek and beautiful yeah. and yeah. well photographed. I can't do that. I just want to make a messy pamphlet. That's what I'm good at: is making a really entertaining mess and zines give a lot of scope for that sort of artistic production i want to make a zine now <laughs> i'm going to take like two months off and do projects that aren't for money <laughs> we should do a series of zines that we just sort of 
gift to someone who buys your work on the side. Yeah, it's that'll like be pretty awesome. Add an extra, it's like <laughs> like the oh, record label. Yeah, you, you get a you get a secret little document with it. <laughs> yeah, for fifty rand a month, Fanny will write you a two paragraph handwritten letter <laughs> in fountain ink pen. <laughs> in fountain ink pen. <laughs> They will all start with, I am the Zodiac, I will kill again. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I know that you're also very active on, on social media, especially on Instagram. Uh, I, I wanted to check, like, what is this thing with the, um, the star signs? Well, what's, what's all this stuff? Well, Linda Shaw, the great, the one, the only, everybody right now subscribe <laughs> to Linda Shaw's YouTube channel. She is Google Deluxe. Um, I'm the best astrologer in the world, and she reads her, her horoscopes herself on um, YouTube. So that's an amazing thing. Um, the horoscopes, I've been reading Linda Shaw's horoscopes my entire life, and I can't go a week without them. And I used to read them for everybody in the studio when I was in okay. art school. Okay. And um, everybody loves horoscopes. I, I get like death threats if I'm too hungover to buy the paper on a Sunday. I have on average gotten like five to six messages where are the horoscopes and then people who forget the horoscopes message me through the week to send them their horoscope. Oh wow. She is an amazing astrologer and she is really on it. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. So where do you fit on the on the horoscope spectrum? Scorpio, of course. Scorpio is the only star sign I know anything about because I'm a Scorpio. Uh, my chart is very Scorpio. I don't know much about the mechanics of astrology beyond how it applies to me exclusively. Right. Um, but also it's something nice because unlike everything else in the newspaper, like we were talking about earlier, um, the horoscopes give you something to look forward to. Okay. Which is quite true. rare. In yeah, true, true. A little bit of make your own, uh, make your own luck, if you will, or fit yeah, into the luck. Yeah, drinking. yeah, magical drinking. Yeah, <laughs> so no, that's what psychopaths do when they think when they think what their thoughts are controlling the world around it. It's called magical thinking. It's like a full psychological phenomenon. I love it. Oh, I th sorry. I thought you said manageable drinking. <laughs> that's no, why. I <laughs> no, I don't know anything about manageable drinking. Yeah, no, me neither. What is that? Me neither. Coming yeah. back to the to the Instagram, uh, what is your relationship with social media? Because I know that a lot of artists do not like it, but they understand that you need to play the game. But it feels like you you kind of enjoy the social media aspect of life. Like you kind of embrace it and you kind of just go with it. My um. My gay pagan godfather reads tarot cards and my mom went for a tarot reading in the year 2000 when I was eight and he fully just told her like, I'm either going to become really successful or become a cult leader. Um, <laughs> Which one are you that. hoping for? Which one are you hoping for? <laughs> Don't drink Kool-Aid. If I come to your house with a, a black pack suit and a new pair of Nikes, you Don't know, drink the grappa. Don't drink the yeah. grappa. Paradise. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so a friend of mine actually did say that you don't have as much an art practice as a cult of personality, but I really do enjoy social media. It's something I find fun. I love, I think if you want to know what's happening in the world, Twitter is the best okay. place to go and get everybody's opinions. Right. Um, 
I don't like Facebook because it's really difficult to use now. But Instagram mm. is great. Instagram, I try and do a post on Mondays and Thursdays every week. And it's become a really wonderful, lucrative business for me as well. And it's a nice. great way to directly engage with people who like my work and find other people's work and um, yeah. communicate, yeah. Which, which is something I love. I think it's a great tool for my practice and for my business. Yeah. I think Instagram is pretty good for the art side of things because we you do a lot of work on Instagram with, with Unsung Art stuff as well. Yeah, we find a lot of too. artists through there as yeah. well because it's it's really great for people to be able to to showcase what they do and, as you say, be, be more one-on-one and, and, and engage with people and engage with their questions and their comments, which is really nice. Mm. Sometimes not nice. I can see yeah. <laughs> you get a bit tense saying engage with their questions and comments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we, we experienced a troll, I think, in the last week, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to stop now, I'm going to just, like, let it, good. yeah, we, we're quite good at sort of figuring out when we're being trolled by somebody and just sort of go, okay, I'm going to hide all of your yeah. comments and just carry on with life. Let go. Don't worry about it. Let go. Oh, always I always get people trying to get me to trade in Forex. Oh, like, wow. Twice a week, I'll get Forex. And I think once I got invited to the Illuminati. Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. it's, a, it's the start of that cult route, yeah. you see? <laughs> totally, totally. And, You'll make and more I, money, maybe. <laughs> Thursday afternoon. I think they told me they were having an Illuminati meeting at Weinberg Sports Club or something. Really? Yes. Oh, have you heard about the, the Church of Satan that started? It's in, in, centri- in, in Century City. So, there's one in Century City. Up. In Century City? Yes, there's a oh, church. That's, that's the obvious location. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. <laughs> in the old Ratanga Junction, they just made the Cobra just go straight down the <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, man. Oh, um, man. What do you do in your spare time, Fanny? How do you, how do you find you use your time? If you don't, well, amongst all the thousand things that you do to keep yourself busy, what, what do you do to relax? I love and- to run. I love books. I love nature. Um, I did do you, love to run. Did, did you run do a lockdown? Bit. Did you do a lockdown run where you do like 42 kilometers room. over a week? <laughs> it was very fucking depressing. I did <laughs> run a Oh, you did? It was... It's about 400 meters. Oh, no. 5Ks um, in 400 meters. Wow, I would go nuts. It's like running on a treadmill. Yeah. I can't do that. No, it was horrible, but I needed it. If I don't run, I go really, really mad. Yeah, I've got true. really big workouts. I've found out that I wake people up, not from the sound of the workout, but from the sound of me thudding on the concrete floor. When oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's the bad thing about being in an apartment and stuff as well. Oh, you can't jump. No, no jumping. No. no, that takes out a lot of stuff. Yeah, mountain climbers, jumping jacks, anything like that, it's gone. Um, sorry, I I took us off track again. Sorry, my bad. You were saying that in your spare time you like to run, and I've forgotten. Sorry, I didn't catch the other ones that you were saying. I like to read. I actually finished a really good book today. It's nice. by Anne N. Wright. I really love podcasts. Which oh, is nice. why I'm on the um, nice. The New Yorker short fiction podcast is really great because it gets writers to read their own stories. Oh, that's and cool. About, 
a writer talking about their work. And there's also something about middle-aged Irish writer in like her little cottage reading you her story is like the most wonderful sonic experience. And she makes the most wonderful meandering um, books that don't go anywhere, but are so lovely to read. So I love, I really do love reading. I love um, going to Clark's. Clark's is my favorite bookshop. Yes. Um, I like um, ringing my doctor. I like um, taking off my um, lenses. I like bathing. I like Dettol. I like... Dettol, jeez. Dettol's great. Um, I love gardening. I've, I'm growing Chinese cabbage at the moment and foxgloves and coriander but all mixed up together so it's really pick and miss whether you pick like the very toxic foxglove leaves foxgloves actually stop your heart did you know what that? really yeah you... that's pretty intense so you don't grab a handful of salad every time you go out do you there's no drinking it's russian related <laughs> yeah like roll the dice let's see <laughs> let's have salad for lunch are we having Maybe coriander or... <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've got anything else from your end or anything you want to chat about, Farni? Um, I, I really want to go. I really want to go to bed. Yes, Same, yes. me we too. Yes, we've used a lot of your time and it's getting quite late. <laughs> and we really appreciate your time, Farni. Thanks so much for including me in this. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, man, yeah. it's awesome. And thanks for taking part and thanks for answering our questions, even though some of mine may be silly. <laughs> No, they're wonderful. All questions, <laughs> questions are great. They're intentional. Yeah. yeah. And we'll definitely, definitely do an unpacked with you for painting so that you can chat about your, your lovely works and your lovely painting techniques and what you know and don't know about it and teach me some more stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. Lovely. Great. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks so much, hey? Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Farni. Yeah, so go to bed, go sleep, stay warm. And we'll chat again soon. <laughs> night, night. Cheers, Farley. Bye. Bye. Bye.